Welcome to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing the entire first season of Westworld as well as some of your emails and tweets. We will be spoiling everything through episode 10 of the series, so please go pause. Please pause and go catch up if you're not currently on the show. Go pause. Yeah, go pause. Uh, You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter and you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com. To tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so you can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. A few housekeeping things up front. If you want to keep track of what we are doing in the uh, downtime after Westworld, please follow us on Westworld FM uh, or go follow Midwest Film Nerds on Twitter. Uh, please check out MidwestPodcastNetwork.com if you want to see uh, what other shows we've got going. Horror Movie Yearbook is a great show about contextualizing horror films in the time period that they came from. It's great. It's a fantastic show. Uh, we've also got the Midwest Game Nerds podcast, which I would guess that there are some gamers out there that have been watching Westworld and listening to our show. So if you want to hear us talk about video games, you can check that show out as well. We've got a uh, podcast called Gone to Texas, which is about Preacher, AMC's Preacher and the comic book series Preacher. So please check that out. I think that will probably be coming back before Westworld is. Yeah. Uh, Principal shooting starts in January, so we'll probably see like a summer to fall release for Preacher Season 2, and we'll be back at that. And then, uh, you know, we do have Midwest Film Nerds, which is an older show. It's kind of in hiatus at the moment. Um, But we have a back catalog of a lot of different shows where we've talked about a great variety of movies that you may or may not be interested in. So go check that out if you're missing us in the meantime. And we may or may not have more stuff coming out in the meantime. So that's why you should follow us in those places and uh, find out what we're doing, uh, the latest and greatest of what we're doing. So We've got uh, got plans. We do have plans. There's more in the works. So, Uh, But... On to some feedback from our listeners here. We had uh, a few things that I didn't get to last week because they're kind of long and also kind of encapsulated stuff about the finale and we hadn't necessarily, we wanted to talk through that first. But we did get an email from Fred. Uh, subject for Fred says, training for Samurai World. <laughs> and uh, he says, I enjoyed the final episode, but the best thing to come out of it was that there was a fucking Samurai World. Sign <laughs> me up. That is the most amazing thing since Taco Bell invented the Gordita. Alex World. Yes. However, as much as I'd like to shift attention to this new park in Season 2, there's still some loose ends from our favorite land of Wild West debauchery. Number one, where is Abernathy? He was supposed to go on the train, but we don't see it happen. <laughs> then all the hosts from the uh, Cooler Go Rogue, did he get out and will be arriving to Delos headquarters? Question mark. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, my, my assumption, we, t- we did talk about it in the last episode, from the way, from the language of the episode that we were presented with, it seems like uh, Lee Sizemore goes down to cold storage to get Abernathy at the direction of Charlotte Hale. Yeah, that seems to be our indicator of where Abernathy was supposed to be. Yeah, and when he gets down there, Sizemore, I don't think will do anything unless he has to. Yeah. So, He's not going down there for any other reason. No. He's the only one with no agenda. Yep. He thinks he has an agenda, but he's too he's too witless to even Yeah. He's 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 a bit he he's a he's kind of a cheap fiddle for everybody else to play, including Ford and Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. So, uh so my guess is that Abernathy is somewhere loose in the park with the other hosts. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm hoping that he has all of the other host data in him and just becomes some kind of schizophrenic mess. Or, well, yeah, that, or he could be like Neo and just be able to be anyone and do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever skills they have and whatever their attributes are. He's, like, I, well, and I could see him being kind of like the Oracle or the seer of like, yeah. he's, he's kind of got the cerebro built into him of like, oh, this person over here knows these things. Exactly. Or like we need, they discover they need so-and-so to would would know where this thing is or where this place is and he could be like hold on i want to watch lewis hertham do clementine <laughs> which clementine <laughs> either either clementine both yeah i want to see lewis hertham do anything yeah absolutely everything if there's one thing westworld definitely had a knack for and it had a knack for many things but casting was certainly one of their fortes and casting these character actors was great yeah absolutely so that was number one. Number two, it's even more of a mystery who Ford was building in his parents' basement now. Was it a new version of himself, same consciousness, and new looks? Will he be living out his days as a host? <laughs> in his parents' basement. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Ford's just the ultimate basement dweller. <laughs> oh, he, the only thing he's missing uh, is a good. neck beard but, uh, and a fedora to hold, to hold it on with. But He could quickly manufacture one of each. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think uh, we talked about this a little bit last episode too, but we can al- elaborate a little more. I'm I'm hoping that Ford is gone from the show, but except for maybe flashbacks, if he makes any future appearances. Yeah. Um. Is, uh, do Do you feel that way too? Because you you said last week that you because I said that I hope he's dead, <laughs> and you were like, I don't know if I feel that way yet. I mean, you liked him a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I hope he's dead, but <laughs> I do think that his ending was really good. Like the, the, yeah. the closing off of his arc was spectacular. The, the and, meaning of it all, the, the, um, well, and the, the drama of it is so, so the true. drama, the <laughs> yeah. production, the, and exactly. then on top of that, the, um, Ford would want to go out like a, like a rock star. Totally. He, he would want a ridiculous over the top, like Freddie Mercury <laughs> blasting over the speakers. Absolutely. Style. And and not not only that, but also his kind of um, you see it almost as his comeuppance or the price he has to pay for that's denying true. Arnold's work as well. So yeah, it's kind of like his ultimate penance. Yes, ex- yeah. that's the that's what I was looking for. So it, it, for them to effectively remove that by saying, "Oh, he was a host," like host Ford got killed, or there's a new host Ford, or something like that. I don't know how I would feel about that for season two. However, if season the end of season two rolls around and host Ford walks in and is like, I have transferred my consciousness to this host, I might be down for seeing more of that in season three or something like that. Like it, like I could see myself coming around to it, but you got to wonder Anthony Hopkins is getting up there in age anyway. It's I'm sure it's, getting harder and harder for him to make commitments as long as shooting a season full of television, especially one like this where it took two years. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I think it's obviously a bummer to see Ford go, but it's, I'd rather be left wanting more and celebrating what we had than being like, oof, this makes no sense anymore. He should have been gone four episodes ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, Time can move pretty rapidly in Westworld, I think. And who knows? Season two might it might not even take place like the next day. You know, yeah. it might be like a year. Donald, we might have a Planet of the Apes situation. <laughs> we don't know. Just 
the man in black in a tattered tuxedo. <laughs> Still wearing the tuxedo. The sleeves ripped off. Both <laughs> arms and slings. <laughs> Neither just, heels just properly. Just head headbutting his way through hosts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I With Ford, yeah, I... I'm bummed to, to I'm bummed to see him go, but I could not deny how great that that conclusion was. Yeah, so. totally. Uh, number three, what the hell happened to Logan? Last we saw, he was butt naked, tied to a horse, galloping through the outer regions of the park. Assuming that he doesn't take thirty years, where is he? Important to note that he seemed hell bent on stopping William, which could have made it for an interesting story and awkward Thanksgivings. Uh, once again, something we touched on a little bit last week. Yeah, it. I, I have come around and I, and I, as, as Nick kind of explained his thoughts on it in terms of like, it just seemed as though William had lined it up to kind of discredit Will, uh, Logan as crazy, essentially with everything that they were doing in the park and, and just how people recognize Logan as unstable and that kind of thing. Like William seized that opportunity to then take control of Delos. Mm-hmm. Is I I think that makes sense, but I feel like there's room. There's a lot of dots that we could connect there. Oh yeah, we we might even who knows we could have more Jimmy Simpson and Ben Barnes. Which yeah, like especially because as people were suggesting or thinking or saying, uh, if they do find somebody to bring into season two as a Logan who is actually there in the board of directors meeting, yeah. That would be neat. That would be cool, and and it feels like it would it could maybe be organic and be a good way to continue having Jimmy Simpson and Ben Barnes around. We still haven't cast our uh, yeah old Logan. Yeah, <laughs> Hugh, it's just Hugh Jackman. Let's yeah, it's Hugh Jackman. It. He is every old. He Logan. can wear a beard. Oh yeah, it could be good. Yeah, he's not quite as old as Ed Harris though, is he? No, I don't think so. He's he'd be. Yeah. That'd be a bit too much of an age difference. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I came up with anybody good that I would love to see uh, as the older version of Logan. I'm trying to think of like an aging actor who still has like a party boy reputation. And I can't think of one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Peter, Peter Weller. <laughs> he, he would be like older William. <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. William at ninety is Peter Weller. So, so Peter Weller will be him in the in the fast forward season two. <laughs> That's you've cracked it. You've cracked it. That's what season two is. Is that it's they're they're going to be showing things from the future, and it's Peter Weller. Is oh, Willie? God, would I love that? I love Peter Weller. That's beautiful. <laughs> I've never thought. I've never realized that Peter Weller is, is just older, <laughs> older. <laughs> Ed Harris. <laughs> and the thing is, he's probably only like five years older. Yeah. He's just lived. They might be he's the just, exact same age. He's just lived harder, I think. <laughs> With his PhD in history. Yeah, he's teaching like Italian Renaissance at like Syracuse <laughs> or something. Yeah. Serious. That These are facts. We're not joking. Peter, no, we're Peter not. Peter Weller is actually a university professor of history. He is. he is. That's why he's been on the History Channel back when it was still talking about history. Oh, could you could you imagine walking into a class and like RoboCop is your teacher? <laughs> He's only three years older than Ed Harris. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'd feel very comfortable with him playing like I, an eighty year old William. Though. <laughs> I'd be totally down. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You heard so, it here first. Yes, yeah. If if Peter if we hear Peter Weller gets cast in uh, in season two of Westworld, we all know where it's going now. So, sorry for that spoiler, but um, 
Yeah, I, I, and I hope we maybe shed more light on Logan if Ed Harris does stick around for season two, which he's told them that he's involved in season two, but whether that means if he's he see, takes one in the head in, in episode one of season two. I'm cool with Ford being dead, yeah. but William can't be gone. Yeah. Like, William, it just would be, it would be the inverse in terms of satisfaction because he's now reached, he's now gotten to where he wants to get to and to not see him get to live the, you know, everything <laughs> he's been clamoring for. See, but on the other hand, it doesn't necessarily feel like he, um, deserves to have that, you know, like he's kind of, he's taken, we talk about how he's like the, um, how he's kind of turned evil and his wife thought he was dark and she killed herself and, and his daughter hates him of like to give, to give him that reward of like, this is everything that you wanted out of this park. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) I, it, it just, it doesn't necessarily follow with what they've written, but at the same time, I don't know that smile on Ed Harris's face made it all worth it. Yeah. Could you imagine a whole season of that? (laughs) Of him just like Chuck Norris and Expendables Happy 2, with just all the walking, <laughs> holding an assault rifle with one arm. Yeah, I, well, and you're right. He doesn't deserve that necessarily, but yeah. not all the characters. But the world doesn't necessarily work that way. Right, and know? also, he. I still think there's potential for him to almost become like friend to the hosts because he he wanted them to achieve sentience. Yeah. Which, even if he wanted it so that he could do his own version of the most dangerous game... Like, if he could go into the real world and, like, hunt people, he would. Like, yeah. He would absolutely hunt people. Yes. I think he just wants... He's, like, Craven the Hunter. He just wants to hunt people. <laughs> and now... And, and he seems like he wanted... He's He was using some pretty twisted means, but he was trying to help them. He was closer to the mark than he realized because suffering is what unlocks the maze, or yeah. is the maze, so to speak. And he he was he was, like, right there, pushing all the right buttons and just had to wait for the the timer to go off so it would be interesting to see if he almost becomes sort of a not a sympathizer but in a weird way sort of an ally i don't know yeah i mean plus he's stuck in there and and he it's not that he that's not bad for him he says early on in the series that he's not he's not going back he didn't want to go back he didn't want to go back so his goal is to is to die in the park in some glorious way but it's so that yeah, maybe, I don't maybe maybe that could be his death right there. Maybe he he just he was just happy enough to see that this new era is coming and shit's getting real. His work here is done. Yeah, but I don't. I, I, I think he like, wants to have his cake and eat it for yeah, sure. Yeah, and I feel like if they were gonna kill him, there's no sense in waiting two years to kill him. Right. I think they would have killed him in the finale and just been like, "This is." Or they'll just say in season two, "Oh, he's dead. He died." I yeah, but it's it sound it sounds like he would, like is attached to a peer in some form. That's good because so. he's great. Yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely more. Uh, number four from Fred's email here. Where where was Wild Bill? <laughs> Old Bill, he means. Uh, they couldn't give me that one small piece of satisfaction in any of the flashbacks. We agree, Fred. Absolutely. Uh, there should yeah that's that's who who we need confirmed for season two some wincott yeah we need michael wincott there yeah not enough i want fully restored old bill i mean he's probably out there in the woods yeah if creaking uh, yeah i don't know oh my god that'd be so cool (laughs) 
It'd be so cool like if, <laughs> if it's seriously like Planet of the Apes and you could just hear him coming. He's just squeaking his way through the woods. That'd be great. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. We don't really know who else was in those body bags and that like yeah. part of cold storage. They might just be really old models like him, but he clearly still works. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I don't and know if he's capable of sentience. <laughs> old Bill might just be too old. To, <laughs> he just can't even do it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be hilarious if he's just still doing the same old shtick. Oh, I man. I would be yeah. <laughs> he just still has the same four responses to yeah, everything. Exactly, and those shot glass permanently affixed in his hand. <laughs> he's like an old action figure <laughs> with, with no poseable yeah, exactly. appendages of any kind. Just really techy like effects. Like I used to speaking <laughs> of RoboCop. I used to have this RoboCop figure where you could buy like cap gun caps, yeah, and roll them up and like put them in his back. Like he had like a back like a jetpack mm-hmm. sort of thing, and you could open it and put the caps in there and feed it out. And there was this big awful like hammer lever yeah. on his back that you could pull back and it would make it would sh- it would snap shoot the caps and uh-huh. so it seemed like you should i mean if that isn't the most like turn of the 80s yeah. toy technology like it doesn't even need batteries you just need to find caps somewhere <laughs> that's old bill though. yeah yeah absolutely uh i should make a hot toys of old bill <laughs> <laughs> That would be the first hot toy. You would you would pre-order that son of a <laughs> it would, bitch. It would be awesome. <laughs> It'd have to be all crappy though, and just like it's, it's like locked, melting skin. <laughs> yeah. It's just sitting in a <laughs> sitting pose. Yeah, uh, our Facebook cover photo on the Westworld FM Facebook page is old. Oh, yep. that's really hilarious. Yeah. I didn't notice that until probably two weeks ago or something, and yeah. I laughed out loud. Yeah, I made so I made him that right after the pilot or after we <laughs> recorded the first episode, and it's, he didn't tell me. He just snuck <laughs> it in there, and, <laughs> yeah. and then I finally looked. And saw well, it. it was the same picture that I used for the for the pilot as well. Oh, okay. So I put a picture oh, with every post, and I was like, "We we loved old Bill, so it's got to be old." Bill. Yeah, and old Bill. I mean, aside from the fact that it's Michael Wincott, who's amazing. Well, I was just talking with uh, with friend of the show Gojo about uh, the power of um, Ben Mendelsohn, yeah, which is well documented on pretty much every other show we have. I probably talk about him at some point, but like the the power that those that great character actors have is their ability to just always be good mm-hmm. because they know what they do and they're really good at it, and they just kind of have to do some shade of that, and you'll be entertained. Yeah, and like Ben Mendelsohn, even though he's been in a he's been on a crazy streak lately of just being in films Mm -hmm. and some of them suck or they're Mm -hmm. like middling but he's always good yeah and uh i feel like michael i actually mentioned in the same conversation i mentioned michael wincott i was like he's kind of the same way where even if he's in kind of a forgettable movie or or whatever he's always engaging and fun to watch Mm -hmm. and i think that that's part of the reason old bill is so successful is he's he's well cast with a good character who who immediately makes him interesting but he's old like Mm -hmm. literally and his effect is really cool and his history is really cool. And given Ford's disposition towards nostalgia and like hanging on to old things and wanting to interact with them, yeah. that makes old Bill even more interesting. Cause he's, he is this, he, he has this effect on Ford. It immediately transports him back to the past and reminds him of a better time. And I think that's awesome Yeah, to see, to see more of not even just old Bill, but other hosts from that era that might still be around is something I really want to see. I want to see more of the history of the park and the layers of the park yeah. that, are, that exist beyond the polish of the newest version. Yeah, that would be good. Even even if we see like some of the like we could see some of that with the other parks of like maybe there are other parks out there that have not developed 
Because like, as we were talking about, maybe the the newest changes roll out mm-hmm. after Westworld. Maybe there's some out there. Maybe, you know. Yeah, and it would have been nice to see, obviously, Ford's, Ford's demise and the orchestration of it had to be kept very cloak and dagger, very secretive. Yeah. From us, the viewers, so we wouldn't see it coming. But I, I would like to have seen or be able to see more of Ford, like, saying his goodbyes to the park. You know what I mean? And yeah. being able to to enjoy those things like one last time. And maybe that's what we're seeing throughout the season. Maybe that I need to go back and watch it again with, with that in mind that each trip he makes and each time he's talking to one of those, you know, maybe that's the reason he's talking to old Bill down there is he knows his days at the park are coming to a close. Yeah. Ideally for him. And, uh, that's why we see him doing that thing and like visiting with his family and, and wanting to play with the dog. And that sort of thing is because he's, he knows he's at the end of his life and he's wanting to wind down and kind of give everything a farewell. Yeah, that's entirely possible. That could be more prevalent with the rewatch. So, uh, number five, um, there is a missing Hemsworth brother in the park and nobody seems to notice or care. <laughs> people keep calling him on, on, on Reddit. People keep calling him like low rent Matt Damon and stuff like making Matt Damon jokes. And I'm like, uh, you're missing the obvious Hem- Hemsworth. Like why? I get that he looks a little bit like Matt Damon. But yeah. He's a Hemsworth. Yeah. Like, just call him what he is. Yeah. No. And there's, there, there was a lot of that on Westworld. Everybody was calling Tallulah Riley Elon Musk's ex-wife. Right. Like right. nobody referred to her as Tallulah Riley or Angela. I don't, I don't blame anybody for Angela because we never hear her name. But. I definitely called her Elon Musk's ex-wife more than once on this show, but it's because I had a really hard time remembering her. Name. Yeah. And it, like, I, I get it. Talula. But after ten episodes of the show, like we, I, you know, we, I started calling her Angela. Shit. It's just one of those things. You haven't seen Cool Runnings. I have not. Oh, Talula. <laughs> um, Anyone listening who has seen Cool Runnings, please write in and tell Alex how we should do the <laughs> Cool Runnings podcast. But cool, uh, cool listenings. The, the, somebody, Joanna Robinson, was tweeting it about uh, tweeting about it and saying cool music. How uh, <laughs> how. Uh, people are calling him the lesser Hems- Hemsworth. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's like... Mm, poor man's Hemsworth. Poor, poor man Hemsworth. <laughs> but I, I still... I don't know. She she, she and I have the same... We're of the same mind where I, I probably... I've seen him in one thing. I've seen him in Westworld, and I kind of prefer him over Liam. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is he's really good, and could Chris or Liam have done it? I mean, yeah, but they didn't, and he's really good for it. Yeah. And part of his strength in that role is that you don't know him from mm-hmm. something else. You don't know him from Hunger Games or any Marvel films, so that helps even more. That it helps him establish him as that character. Yeah. So in the discussion of where is he, I guess we can bring up uh, after the... so. We've spoken a few t- few times about the alternate reality game going on, which is at discoverwestworld.com and uh, delosincorporated.com. And so there, there's these two websites out there where people can kind of suss out code words and use different as- access codes to uncover like a bunch of hex uh, code to then convert into a link. And that apparently happened with these two links after the finale of the show. There's one link that shows a little brief uh, tablet display kind of of Elsie's location in Sector 20, Mm -hmm. implying that she's potentially still alive. And then there's a little audio clip of like somebody trying to broadcast and then you hear a woman who sounds like Elsie say hello. So guesses point to Elsie being alive and my guess is that 
Luke Hemsworth is still alive, that Ashley Stubbs is still alive as well, and they are hopefully together somewhere. People have been kind of discussing the motivations of that, of like, did Ford recognize that these are still good people in the park that don't deserve to die? And he's kind of squirreled them away. Yeah, and they're not there. If they interfere, it's because they're doing their jobs, not because they're meddling. Elsie, to a lesser extent, she's kind of meddling a little bit. Yeah, she was, but she was smart. Like some people were like, was she so like she was smart enough to suss it out or be the one still asking questions, and so maybe Ford respected that about her and that kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of a big question mark. So it felt. It, I'm. That's probably the thing that I'm least satisfied with out of season one, is those loose threads. Like I wish we got some indication of where they're at or what they're doing, but. In terms of seasons, I think this wrapped up most stuff very well. Yeah, I felt pretty satisfied by it. I felt like most of my questions were answered and not too many threads were left hanging. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting about maybe thinking Ford spared them, so to speak. I can't think of a single human character in the show that Ford has a really strong relationship with. I think they're yeah. pretty much all hosts. Yeah. But so some people were also suggesting that maybe they got squirreled away to then help the security room people out yeah and also, or, or and also help the hosts and also to either help the hosts or help the humans like i don't know that yeah. ford necessarily wants to ensure that the hosts will win otherwise he would have just guessed Killed all everybody people. in the in the building yeah exactly he I would think. have loaded them all up on a train and right <laughs> and blown it up or drove <laughs> it into the ocean i think that he kind of wanted to get things moving in the direction that they should be and then let evolution take its course like yeah. find out if man i mean he kind of already believes that man has steamrolled over everything else that's on earth yeah. which is something else interesting that we didn't really talk too much on the show about or on this show about but he he has a bit where he's talking about how man is alone on this planet because they've they've killed anything else they've eradicated anything else that seemed like it would potentially threaten them, threaten them. And that brings to mind, I understand what he's saying. And then he, he asks, you know, do you happen to, what happened to the Neanderthals? We ate them. Uh, is he speaking in just general terms of man eliminated all other intelligent races like that, sentient races, so to speak? Or does does he mean that there are like, there are no other biological life forms on earth anymore? To me, I took that as like any, any threats of like. <sighs> well, a lot of, a lot of people have pointed out that uh people several times throughout the series uh guests have stared in wonder at like horses yes. and things and like then that. And they've had weird interactions with the animals and things like that. So and it it just kind of it does legitimize the question a little bit of like are 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 animals very rare. See, but at the same time, you and I aren't around horses all the time. So like if we went to a place that had these horses that seemed real but we knew they were fake, wouldn't we still kind of be like, hey, that's that's insane. I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. I feel like it could totally go either way. So, I, like, part of me, I, I don't want Earth to be, like, decimated or, like, I don't, I don't want it. I, I, the people who think that it's some kind of wasteland outside of Westworld or something like that, I don't know. It's definitely not a wasteland, but I think that 
because obviously the William is from some board, some of some large company. He's a titan of industry. He's yeah. a philanthropist. Like there, there's a civilized world out there, yeah. and it's doing just fine. Yeah. But I think it is interesting that maybe just animals in general are more rare than they used to be, or, that's, or they're, that's they're maybe they're all endangered because mm-hmm. man has either hunted them nearly to extinction or population is out of control. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that's already a problem in 2016. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse whenever this show takes place. That yeah. reminds me, I also read a really interesting bit on Reddit where somebody suggested that Ford is a millennial. Yep. <laughs> Did you read that? Oh, yeah, because the show, the show technically takes place in 2050-something. Okay. I think that tablet transmission thing that I was talking about gave some indication <laughs> of dates. Right. So if Ford is actually in his 70s then that means that he would have been born in like 1980-ish mm-hmm. and would potentially be a millennial. <laughs> I, I thought I just thought the title of it was hilarious. Yeah. Like the, the post just said Ford is a millennial and I, it just made me laugh because I expected like some bitching about millennials in there. Yeah. But then they talked about it would make sense why a lot of the songs on the player piano are like Radiohead and yep. Black Hole Sun and stuff like that and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I was like, what, an, what a great theory and what a, I just, I loved that somebody managed to tie it into something to to. To give it some, some tangibility, some logical heft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to and to kind of help root it some in somewhere we can understand because yeah. we haven't. I mean, you got to go digging for information like that. If the show takes place in twenty fifty four, you don't just see that when you're watching yeah. the show unless you're really keeping an eagle, eagle eye. Out. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a really interesting observation. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'll try and I'll try and figure out where that. Uh, like what the time what the time was before we finished this episode off. But um, it reminds me of. Uh, in the comic the private eye by brian k vaughn mm-hmm. one of the which is amazing anybody listening who reads comics buy that immediately you can pay whatever you want for it online uh one of the character the main character his grandpa is a character and the book takes place probably around the same time actually like mid i don't want to say like mid 21st century probably like 20 2050s or something like that okay. anyway his grandpa was is essentially a millennial and he like is playing xbox throughout the the book and like listens to rap all the time and he's got a lot of tattoos and stuff and it's just really funny because you know i'm 31 yeah and i that's not how i picture my grandparents because yeah that's not what they you know, it's like what shape are we gonna take in exactly and, and you know people have been saying that for years now like oh when we are our grandparents age and that yeah we're still gonna be listening to the same stuff like grandparents with tattoos yeah and that kind of thing. listening to red hot chili peppers and yep. wanting to play playstation that sort of thing <laughs> Ford is not doing those things. No. He's busy. Yeah, he's got other stuff to do. He still dresses like he's from 1940. <laughs> uh, and then he says, uh, this is number six from Fred and, and his, final, his final question. Uh, in the follow-up for above, what is the deal with Ghost Nation? Was that just a wasted storyline? They seem to be building up to something significant, but they were oddly absent in this episode. I think they were like slightly linked to the... N- the new narrative as that was kind of the path that like they're along that train. Yeah. Like obviously they were, they were important in the past because William and Dolores interacted with them and were chased by them and that kind of thing. I think they're just kind of the natives that are in. Yeah. They're just generic native American threat. Yeah. All Westerns seem to have. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think they were necessarily wasted. I just think they played a certain part. I, it seemed like maybe they were also involved in um, Maeve's original build as well. Because yeah. yep. they, they attacked the farm as well. So, you Ghost know. Nation. It just, I keep thinking it's like the subtitle of a Mission Impossible yep. movie. 
Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. So there you go. What's wait? Which one is Ghost Protocol? Ghost was that, Protocol was, that five? was four. Was the one the first one with Jeremy Renner and Paula Patton? Really? That's I just call it Mi Four. That That's was, my favorite one, and I don't even know the. That was Ghost Protocol. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and well, then Ro- Rogue Nation was five. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So Ghost Nation. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So Rogue tie, Protocol tie is coming into, in season yeah, two of Westworld. <laughs> tie that in somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but I I think they they could be. They could end up being like Ford's eyes and ears, sort of. Like if he did use them to kind of subdue Stubbs and like take him somewhere. Yeah. Because I think if they wanted to kill him, they could have killed him. Like they could have just the, well, that one could have yeah. just thrown a spear and killed him. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. And then some people were theorizing that maybe Elsie had gotten yeah. a hold of them and, and yeah, retasked them to save Stubbs. I think they've got like an Ewok situation maybe where they're gonna they're gonna time to to a branch and carry him into their village and yeah. figure out what's going on. Yep. Oh my god, it'll be just like Star Wars. <laughs> Bernardus three PO. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Teddy, rest, would, Teddy would be R two D. The rest of Fred's email says: uh, Observation. Did anyone else notice that Westworld guns never run out of ammo? Is uh, that is a technology marvel for exceeding far exceeding the hosts? I told you, man. They're three D printing the bullets. Yeah, on the fly. On the fly. Yeah, we, we yeah we talked about that last episode too. So. Uh yeah I don't know it it I I could see that being one of those things where it's just like your gun has infinite ammo especially if these bullets aren't necessarily supposed to do much to humans like if they're not even know. like real yeah it's yeah it's so how the ammunition works is very strange yeah it's almost like you could like you're pointing a gun at a host and pull the trigger and it's almost like a squib like it just blows up on yeah. them and they have taken which damage. is well, which i think is is how they actually filmed it really and that's kind of how some people supposed maybe it would work in terms of like it's like a laser tag like may, maybe maybe the bullets are like rubber and they don't fire as quickly as other guns would at the time and so it just bounces off of humans but it's enough to penetrate through a host like who knows you know so it's yeah i guess maybe it does find a bullet in her right yeah that's true so there are bullets yeah yeah well Not yeah important yeah i it's one of those things that i'm willing to just kind of yeah you know, the show is good right enough off. where it doesn't the nitpicking it, it doesn't bother me yeah those finer details uh and fred closes it off saying it's been great listening to you guys looking forward to more in season two thanks fred thank you fred Keep in touch. Yes. Uh, we got one. We got another thing here from Katrine. Uh, Katrine says, Hi, guys. About to watch the season finale. Haven't had time for anything due to work and travel. As the intro melody plays in the background, I'd like to say thank you so much for a really nice podcast. Amongst my friends, I'm the only sci-fi nerd, so it isn't often that I get to hear uh, my, I get to share my love of sci-fi concepts with others. Our mode of communication has been really fun, essentially speaking with speaking with one week time difference through one-sided written and spoken words. Westworld has been a nice story. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen the last episode yet, however, I must say that it captured me more in the beginning than, toward, than towards the end. I did appreciate the individual performances more than the clever storylines, and I believe the internet read a little too much into it towards the end than they needed to. Anyway... Thanks for your podcast. Uh, you guys have nice conversations. And she said, I see Dolores being as- assembled. Ooh. <laughs> so she was just starting it. And then I said, uh, <laughs> I had finished it. And I told her, I think it might hook you again. I hope it does let us know we're going to record in 40 minutes. So that was last week. Okay. She said, I finished it 30 minutes ago, seeing the man in black beaten up and dragged through the church in the same manner he dragged Dolores t- uh, to the barn. 
to be assaulted was so satisfying. Tandy Newton uh, was the one character to me, uh, one character for me to be consistently interested to watch. Her performance was stellar. All the awards to her. Uh, this show made it very easy to hate humans and cheer for their eventual slaughter in the final scenes. I could not wait for Charlotte to finally have her permanent smile uh, wiped off her face. Or did she? Season two. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I am sure you will cover the highlights. Armistice and Hector's fantastic final showdown. Teddy and Dolores at the beach. Felix dancing. Uh, uh, Felix dancing the robot after he realized that Bernard is the host. Or so he might also be one. Uh, I hope Dolores and Maeve find peace in season two. Finally, a thought. So apparently almost all fan theories came true. Was this on purpose or was Westworld simply not as deep as we wanted it to be? Or is excessive fan theorizing destructive towards watching a story unfold? How did you feel about uh, almost all the theories uh, turning out to be true? Here we go. Good questions. Great question. Um, I think it's not that the show was not as deep as it wanted to be i think when you throw a hive mind of thousands of nerds at a problem they will figure it out (laughs) especially you know it's not like we're curing cancer here we're trying to figure out story beats especially especially in a show that did so much to put the work into making these things making these theories track from the beginning of the show like laying that groundwork there i think is really satisfying and so having a group of people that are paying enough attention to pull it apart uh i don't think the show is worse for that i just think people are smart and it's impressive yeah and and uh, you know you always have the option of tuning out to yeah. a lot of that stuff too which is good i th- i think I agree. It's not that the, it's not that the show's not as deep, but maybe just not quite as veiled, because yeah, like I said, I think in the previous episode and maybe even episode nine, uh, it's all there. It's all right there mm-hmm. for the most part, and the clues are there. It's just a matter of putting them in the right order and then figuring out the solution. And yeah, it's wonderful because it it works not only as a show but as like a Rubik's cube, you know, like a puzzle box, and so a lot of people saw just a show and they said, I want to watch this show. I like the drama. I like the characters. I like the concept. And a lot of they people said saw, this looks like uh, nothing to me. A lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And a lot <laughs> of people uh, saw more than a show and they saw a puzzle that they wanted to try to, they wanted to try to solve. And I think that's really great. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for that, that culture of trying to figure things as out. As long as it works on both levels. Yeah, and of course. It does. Yeah. I, I yeah, think definitely. the show largely did. We, we talked last episode about how the execution of all of these different theories that we had was so fantastic that it's hard to be mad about. No, like the, the fact that the show is interesting without having these twists be completely out of left field or complete surprises. Yeah, they're not shock value twists. They're, they're reveals. They're, I wouldn't even say they're twists. Yeah. Like it's not a twist that, you know, the man in black is William. It's just yeah. a reveal. I don't feel like I was like, whoa, who done it? <laughs> but so, so I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't think that it's, uh, I, th- I think the show's very deep. I think the show goes deeper beyond these, these reveals as well in terms of the idea of what does it mean to be conscious? Like all of the questions that the show asks, I think we had this conversation five or six episodes ago of like, has the honeymoon worn off? Mm-hmm. And, and, 
I still feel like I am fascinated by the concepts of what happens when the human race has created something greater than itself. And like all, like all those questions that we're kind of interfacing with, and we're just now going to start exploring and answering in more earnest is very interesting to me. That is what I want to see more of in season two. Yeah. I don't, I I keep making the joke about planet of the apes. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see just war between hosts and humans. I want to see some of, I want to see factions of them getting along and helping each other. And I want to see, some hunting each other. I want to see a nice mix of everything because I think that's what that what that's what would happen. Yeah. But anyway. Back, back yeah, back. and I think I think there's a lot of room for as we kind of said of like there will be humans that recognize that these are the people who created the, us and therefore we should treat them with respect and then there are others that will realize that they are it's 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 X-Men. It's classic X-Men of like the uh the mutants the brotherhood of, of yeah it's it's magneto and, and xavier yeah. i'm excited to figure out who's who in westworld <laughs> like who's yeah the no magneto. doubt no doubt like that that'll be interesting to to look at um but no i think that's a great question katrine yeah um and she said again thanks for a nice podcast take care over there across the pond maybe till 2018 when season two comes out no uh yeah yeah that's we have so much more yes uh, and uh, for <laughs> she sent this picture and just said, "Fantastic!" It's the picture of Ford oh my god, yes, standing by the uh, the romance cover, the romance cover, Teddy and Dolores that, that we that's, spoke about. That's a beautiful picture. Absolutely. So send me that. I will print it and sign it. And send it. <laughs> XOXO. Okay. James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll work on my James Marsden forging. But uh, thank you, Katrine. Thank you, thank you to everybody who listened and sent us feedback. Yeah, thanks, uh, Katrine, for 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 joining us on this show. Yeah, and and communicating with us so regularly. It was yeah. really great. Yeah, and same goes to everybody. You know, uh, Fred. We had uh, emails mm-hmm. from oh, Alan. Yeah. We've got people. Uh, uh, Tom joined us from yep. other shows. We had you listening. We've got everybody listening. So it's been fantastic. All, all aboard, guys. Yeah. On, on get on the train we're going to the next podcast yep and we'll, we'll stop back off at this one pretty soon <laughs> uh so just some little quick news to talk about their golden globe uh nominations came out today tandy newton was uh nominated for best supporting actress in a drama evan rachel wood got best leading actress in a drama or was nominated for and then westworld itself was nominated for best drama series and that's seemingly it woof uh there might have been a soundtrack i'm not sure i'd have to take a look but that's yeah no anthony hopkins where is the hopkins no jeffrey wright uh you know that seems crazy to me a little bit yeah yeah and like are there like original script and story awards i assume yeah let me take a look and see if i maybe missed those or not um the other thing that people were talking about is like could we really call tandy newton a supporting character like in that sense everybody's a supporting character on the show how that's classified for awards is always tricky yeah uh and i think that i know that directors and studios lobby to for be nominated nominations. right so i yeah. wonder if tandy's people said shoot for supporting because and Ev- that's that, evan's gonna go for lead yeah and just to just to divide and and divide and conquer right. essentially and, and and maybe then 
you know, the Academy or whomever, whatever governing body is working on this fires back and says, oh, you you're not eligible for supporting. You're actually leading. So, yeah. And maybe they, they were like, OK, yeah, she's supporting. And otherwise they would have to go head to head, which would be fine. That's happened before. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that there's not one for Hopkins. We we're obviously we're very used to great performances from Anthony Hopkins. It's not strange, but this feels like. A career benchmark to Absolutely. Me. I think so, too. Especially considering he's kind of in his twilight years, whether we like it or not. And who knows? Maybe he might live another 20 years. I could, yeah. be, could totally be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there's any writing awards for the <laughs> I, Golden I, I want to make... They always have those like for your consideration ads and yeah. posters. I want to make a fake one for Michael Wincott. <laughs> <laughs> like leading actor. Yeah. Guest star on a drama series. Yeah. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> No, I don't think they have those awards for the Golden Globes, so we'll have to see when the Emmys roll around. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's in, true. In the summerish time of next year. I'm actually surprised there's not one for... I guess I can see Ed Harris not being up for one, but he's... you got to go by that rule of most acting. Yeah. It's not best picture. It's not best. It's, it's, it's most. most. It's most picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Whenever I read that, I was like, that's that's it. That's that's. That's the guideline nine out of ten times, I would say. Yeah. So most actor, Anthony was not the most actor, probably. Yeah. And uh, we should say Evan Rachel Wood won the Critics' Choice Award last night. Or she definitely was most nights. acting. Both her and Tandy were most acting from the yeah. females. It's hard. Like anybody who was portraying a host did fantastic yeah. in, in the show, but also had so much more to do than, right. than the humans but. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. I, in a way, I kind of understand because his his performance isn't. It's not. It's it's not enough fireworks for them to be like, oh, you get an award. Like he's yeah. very subdued. He's he's excellent, but I still kind of stand by that. I didn't I didn't feel much of a difference. I was just watching episode nine the other day, and I again, and I didn't feel much of a difference between Arnold and Bernard. Yeah, it's very slight. It's yeah. it's a little bit more like nurturing in mm-hmm. his voice, but only really for one scene when he's like, "You came back," and he's like, "Happy to see yeah. her." And and then in his scene where he where he marches her to to shoot him, he just feels like Bernard. You yeah. know what I mean? And obviously that that's by design. I mean, he's Bernard's supposed to be Arnold, so I can't really complain <laughs> about it. But I just felt like yeah, it feels like there should be a little bit more of a de- denoting characteristic yeah. or something like that. But it, it's it's just it, it's this paradox because I understand that Bernard is supposed to be Arnold, and he's not. He's not Ford's idealized version of Arnold. I mean, he kind of is in that he's not going out off on those tangents, but yep. he tried to recreate him as faithfully as possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Westworld nominated for some awards. Hopefully it will win them. Yes, win the awards. Uh, we could talk real quick. The uh, So, um, the in terms of series, it's up against The Crown, which is a Netflix show about um, one of the British queens i yeah. think another, uh, another one of those game of thrones which has always been a pretty big juggernaut at the golden globes stranger things is up there for best drama that's cool uh this is us which is an nbc show and then westworld so that's you know i feel like it could win i would say it's definitely better than game of thrones yeah i agree game of thrones used to be really great and i feel like it's it's fatigue to me 
but I've ne- I've never been over the moon about it. I think, yeah. but I think Westworld is infinitely more interesting. I think so too. And even like I really love. We both love Stranger Things. Oh yeah, we talked about it on film. There, it's definitely it's a fantastic show. But I feel like Westworld is hitting all of the right spots. Stranger Things could win because it's it's a little more accessible. It's yeah. easy to watch, and it also is just this like surprise hit. I don't think anyone counted on it being as big as it. That's as true. It is. And people like. They like those like they like they the like, underdogs. They like the Rocky story. Yep. Yeah. Well, West, whereas even Westworld, people were even joking about Westworld being like saying a, a lot of it is predictable, typical HBO. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, no. Yeah. That's every season of Game of Thrones you've been watching. <laughs> uh, so then the other the other uh, the other categories here, just to see exactly what uh, I've heard really good things about the Crown. Yeah, I've heard good things too. I have not checked any of it out yet. <clears throat> Um, we will not be doing a crown podcast. No, we not, won't. Not that we're aware of. Not yet. Uh, so Evan Rachel Wood is up against Catriona K- K- Belf for Outlander. Uh, Claire Foy for the, Jim Caviezel movie? the Crown. Uh, no, not the Jim Caviezel movie. Mm-hmm. The uh, Diana Gabaldon novel TV series. Carrie Russell for The Americans and then Winona Ryder for Stranger Things. Hmm. Mm, I've seen one of those, so I can't really talk about that much. Um, and then, in terms, Winona of, was definitely most acting out of what I've seen in that category. <laughs> that's that's true. There's a lot of, acting. but I didn't. I I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I notably did not like that as much. It was too much acting. Yeah, a little too much acting. Uh, best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's not supporting. Maybe they have this wrong. I don't know. We'll have to do more research. But Tandy Newton is up against Charlotte Rampling for London Spy, Sarah Paulson for The People vs. O.J. Simpson, uh, Riley Keough for The Girlfriend Experience, and Felicity Huffman for American Crime. I haven't seen any of those other shows. I've I, seen a little bit of The People vs. O.J. I do love Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson did win for... Um, she won the Emmy this year for that show. So, She's phenomenal. Yeah, so... Yeah. Awesome. Westworld. Hope it gets some Emmys too, but we'll see in yeah. the future. Uh, and I did want to note there was uh, a link here on the Westworld subreddit. HBO has registered both Explore Samurai World and Explore Shogun com oh. in preparation for season two, potentially. Didn't, didn't somebody buy Discover Samurai World and then had it redirect to Discover Westworld? I was reading that someone did that, like immediately. They bought it and then had it redirect to Discover com. unless HBO did that. Uh no, Discover Samurai World redirects to Reddit, the the Reddit Westworld subreddit. Okay, so someone else bought it. Yeah, so somebody else got it. But these are Explore. I see. So there's oh, been DelosIncorporated dot com. There's been Discover Westworld, and now either Explore Shogun World or Explore Samurai World. <laughs> Some guy at HBO is just like, Fuck. yeah, like God damn it, just offer him a little bit of money. It'll be fine. Yeah, or a, <laughs> a walk on roll. Yeah, smug at the camera and then walk away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then, uh, kind of two more things to get through here. Um, just general thoughts on the season thing that we liked, didn't, or disliked. We've touched on a lot of it here, but if you have any other favorite moments or anything that you want to talk about, um, just kind of in general, uh, what have you been thinking about in the week after? Yeah, that's a great question. Like what, because we, it kind of circles around to what we were talking about in regards to, uh, Katrine's question of you know, the depth of the show. And yeah. I think a good measure of any film or music or TV is what is it, what does it leave you feeling, but what does it leave you thinking after, you mm-hmm. know, what it, what do you really feel like 
you're ruminating on. And with this show, I, I keep coming back. I was really, I keep thinking about Ford's, Ford's kind of orchestrating his own death. And, yeah. and again, like I, I talked pretty, pretty l- at length <laughs> uh, in episode 10 about how I really admire, I really enjoy watching characters and how they are, how they choose to face their end. Yeah. And I was thinking about that more because we've obviously lost a lot of great artists this year in general. And I was listening to Leonard Cohen's final album mm. and I, I had, I had bought it. I pre-ordered it and I bought it and then he died <laughs> like a couple of <laughs> days later. So they're like, you know, within weeks. Yeah. And I had listened to the whole album like twice and really liked pretty much all of it. I loved a little bit of it and there's nothing on it. I don't just, dis- I, I dislike rather. But then when he died, I was listening to it again and there's a song on there called leaving the table and kind of the main lyrics in the chorus are saying that he says, I'm leaving the table. I'm out of the game. Yeah. And this, this is kind of the, the song is essentially about somebody giving up their, their walking away from the t- leaving the table. Really? It's, yeah. There's no simpler way to put it. And it can obviously be interpreted as stepping away from a career, but also stepping away from your life. Yeah. And he had said pretty, I don't want to say famously, but it was the thing that everybody was quoting right after the album, right leading right up to the album's release. He said, I'm ready to die. And this is the headline everybody was running. And then he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm like looking for, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. die. But I'm, he's saying that he's, he is, he has looked back upon his life with he's favor. He's made peace with his life. Exactly. And he's had a, he's had a wonderful career and he's he has looked back at the good and the bad and everything and he's his music has never shied away from the from either the good or the bad yeah and part of what makes listening to him so rewarding is that he frequently indulges in in the dark memories and like the bad things and Mm -hmm. i think that ford also does a lot of that yeah part of the reason i think that i connect with connected with ford so much like you pointed out was that he's he's very heavy into nostalgia and his past and his history and I'm, i'm very much the same way and I would think that were I sort of in his position, I would spend a lot of time visiting these old memories and, 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 and do, I don't want to say dwelling because that sounds negative. You can, you, but you can, you can dwell on good stuff too, Yeah, I guess. And that's part of the reason I love Leonard Cohen so much, aside from his velvety smooth voice is, <laughs> and his just horrible raspy voice at the end of his <laughs> life, which I still think is amazing. <laughs> But he, he's very much the same way. And so I was listening to this album and it was making me think about him and what he must have been feeling when he was writing the song. And, and then it just like this switch flipped and this, this, this gap was bridged and it brought me right to Westworld. Like as I was in the car listening to it, and I thought that Ford would be listening to this kind of song. Yeah. Ford the Millennial <laughs> would, be, <laughs> would be listening to this and, and connect with it. And I thought that was really cool. And so this is, this is what the show leaves me thinking about is this sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bowie had a lot of stuff like that too yeah he had a lot of songs at the reason part of the reason ashes to ashes is my favorite david bowie song is because he's pretty much looking back on like the last 10 or so years and and talking about it and i think that's awesome well yeah not only that but also kind of when you started talking about the people who passed away this year the way that some of them handled it particularly david bowie and alan rickman and that very british style of like i'm not going to tell you guys that i'm sick because it's not your business well, it's yeah, and I think it's also it's not your business, and and also like, at least the way I take it, there's a certain measure of I don't want to be remembered that way, and I don't want you, I don't want you guys to to worry about it. So yeah, and I think Bowie was pretty, his his people and his family and stuff were pretty like they all knew. Obviously, he didn't keep it a secret. Yeah, 
they all knew, but they said he didn't he didn't want that to be what people were talking about. Yeah. He wanted them to be talking about his new album and then he wanted to and Bowie's the same oh my god, Bowie is on the Ford Ford wishes he was as much of a showman as Bowie, <laughs> and Bowie's totally up somewhere else, w- looking down and be like, "God, I hope my funeral is awesome." Like he <laughs> totally wants that to be the case. Yeah, he obviously wants to be talked. Well, he does want it yeah. to be talked about, but just uh, you know, on his own, on his own schedule, which is brilliant. Yeah, and it you know, and maybe some of it was just that I don't want to be answering questions in interviews about how the end of my life is going to go and that kind of like just not wanting that to be the focus of their life right but, but with the elegance that they faced that it, it's very similar to the way that ford faced his own Definitely. demise as well and, and, it, and because leonard cohen said i'm ready to die and there, there's a great series of little video junkets on uh they were i was seeing them on facebook actually yeah but he he had a little sit down in front of some press like in a small room and he was sit with sitting with his son and they were asking him a lot of questions about like how he writes songs and that sort of thing and uh inevitably it kind of comes up about his health and that sort of yeah. thing and he he made i can't i can't quote any of it but he he made some really good wisecracks about it. like he's very funny all the way up <laughs> to the end and he and he is very open about it and he's he doesn't shy away from talking about it but he's just kind of like yeah i'm old like yeah it happens but he's uh he's he's wonderful i think that that's probably part of the reason I like Ford so much as well as he has those little, those little musings and those funny moments where he makes himself chuckle. <laughs> he yeah. likes the kind of, he likes what he's set up around him and he likes yep. watching it unfold. And I think that's always been part of the allure of a guy like Bowie and Prince even as well yeah. as they like building up these crazy spectacles around them and then executing it and watching people marvel and react. And that's part of the reason why I kind of think Ford might still be around because he's going to be like, I'm not going to miss this show. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, he just knows he's going to trust that people are going to enjoy his last story. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's kind of one of the big things. Westworld left me just thinking about legacy. I guess to sum it up. Yeah. Like you, what what is what is Ford's legacy? What is the park's legacy? And and what are a lot of these characters' legacies? What are they What are they leaving behind? And how is it going to be perceived? Because obviously, you will leave your own string of experiences behind you, but you'll look at it differently than everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Ford, it's sad in a way with Ford's death or, or apparent death because he knows a lot of these intimate things about all these hosts too. He knows their secret histories. And, and it's like the same thing with old Bill. He's not just like a little novelty sitting on the shelf. Like he knows, he's a reminder obviously of another time, but he also knows the story behind old Bill. And it's kind of like, I know it's in another, it's it's talked about a lot in another film and I, and I, I'm really ashamed that I can't think of what it is right now. But the uh, all of the oh oh duh it's Blade Runner when uh, yeah see how embarrassing that would have been <laughs> when at the end of Blade Runner when right, Roy Batty's yeah. talking Tears about all those moments yeah exactly and those there are so many infinite moments that only you know and both the good and the bad and Ford knows those about everybody in the park yeah and he is he is the Oracle and so having all that all that knowledge and all that reverence and respect for the hosts to be gone like that with the pull of a trigger is pretty mind-blowing i think yeah it's like as if a whole library were to go up in flames and everything were to be lost yeah yeah and i well i think some i think ford maybe realizes that at some point and never mind they're, they're all in they're all in abernathy <laughs> we're good well yeah they, <laughs> they they might all be in abernathy but also at that i think uh because of the reveries because of that code these hosts are supposed to be able to start accessing those things. That's true. And 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 kind of 
it's just Man, they're, they're, they're going to need those people there to tell them like this is what you're experiencing and and this is how we process it and that kind of thing but then the notion that there was a human who who respected them on such a deep level enough to to help to do everything in his power even at the cost of his own life to liberate them even to like murder people yeah i mean which is not good obviously but he it's a sacrifice in a way of, of Ford's own. Like he is, he is bearing this weight of these terrible things in order to try to, to liberate these people. Yeah. And I wonder if that perspective will ever be acquired by Dolores, if she'll ever look back and, and with, with some gratitude in a way, or if, yeah, or if it's just pure hatred, her her decision is very hasty. It's very vindictive. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting thought. It's, I'm very excited to see how that plays out because I I remember I brought up not too long ago like the idea that Maeve and Dolores were maybe being set up to be on opposing sides. And I don't necessarily feel that way anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't want to reduce it to like allegiances, but I really couldn't even tell you what they are. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm still kind of other than like bored versus everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the one clear one. Human, the humans versus hosts is going to be a big. Yeah, I wonder which ones will be. You know where they will fall. Yeah, yeah, man, (laughs) the man in black's just mowing down all the humans. Is like you guys don't matter anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But new sheriff in town. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, no, it's it. I was I was just kind of left thinking about the show of like this is one of the few TV series where I feel like I finished the season and I am just unabashedly excited about where it's going to go from here. Like you know, I and I I would say it's even on another like I was never disappointed at the end of any Breaking Bad seasons. Like I loved them all, I was excited to see more, but like I feel like Westworld has so many possibilities on top of it of where they're going to go with samurai world and how they're going to explore the humans versus the the hosts and where allegiances are going to lie if the if if they if it goes that far or just kind of the exploration of these bigger concepts is so interesting to me whereas breaking bad is limited to i'm excited to see what happens to walter white yeah there's a whole world of possibility out there for westworld He's on Trump's cabinet. Yeah, I saw that. That's that was fantastic. That was good. <laughs> Cranston's but, uh, a guy I'd love to see show up in a show like Westworld. That'd be pretty good. He can he could Brian he could, act, he, could Logan. Act, he could act his way out of an iron lung. Like he's yeah he's just unstoppable. Yeah, totally. Logan, oh my god! Whoa, <laughs> that might be really good actually. Tim Tim Watley had some had some shades of of Logan on him mm. and uh, carousing and Cranston, Cranston can fill in that beard too you know oh, yeah. just got to darken his hair a little bit because it's a little red but yeah I think it would be fun for me to just kind of make a weird wish list of people I'd love to see show up in Westworld and it, it the show is designed in such a way that there there are no like triple a stars in it really I mean there are faces like James Marsden and, and Ed Harris and Evan Rachel Wood and Anthony Hopkins but you know, if that's, you know, there, there's no George Clooney's or Brad Pitt's or Tom Cruise's or anything like that, you know, not that, not the Game of Thrones has, has many either. Well, and see, part of me, part of me is like very curious as to like, if like, 
maybe we're going to get more glimpses of the real world as well. Like how much how much are there people outside being like what the fuck happened? What happened over at Westworld? Yeah. Yeah, and how how do we get control of the situation again? Like I think that that's a great that is something that I was reading about and and people's opinions and they were saying that you know, did anyone get away on the train and if so, yeah. You know what's going to happen there? I don't want to I don't I'm not particularly interested in watching a host try to get by in the real world. I don't know that I want to see much of the real world, but somebody did mention they're going to have to address exactly where the park is and, and what's going on because they said if word that, oh, uh, the Isla Nubar of uh, Westworld has been taken over by a sentient, uh, they're just nuke it and be done with it. Yeah. And that's that. Well, they'll and just I carpet guess, bomb the island and then be like, okay, write it off, send it into the ocean. The, I guess there's a chance that they will keep it very... I could Unless see, it's really Planet of the Apes and the whole outside world is run by hosts <laughs> and Ford and company didn't know that. Yeah. Not I, likely. I could see season two being pretty enclosed in just that park. Because the way that they were treating how Tandy Newton was escaping, how Maeve was escaping the the complex mm-hmm. and how it took time for like the alerts to be raised in samurai world. And they needed to know how to contain there. It's like there were other control centers in these other parks that didn't get enclosed like the That's West true. world one did. Yeah, you know? So it's like, it's like how there's going to be some interface with at least the, the whole of Delos destinations if not also the real world and having people be like, I feel like there's going to be a new team of people outside of Westworld trying to get in, trying to get in and trying to help the humans there and trying to correct the issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, that does make sense. It would be kind of a Jurassic Park situation. Yeah. Let's go back and try to fix it. We could salvage this. (laughs) There's too much money invested in it to let it, to let it go. Oh dude. Is it, uh, what's his name? Is his name Arliss Howard? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. <laughs> let's get some more Jurassic Park in there, but yeah. also Rubicon. Let's, let's yeah, we need to hard. do. Uh, I would love to do our Rubicon podcast if it wasn't all in vain. Yeah, <laughs> it just wouldn't. Yeah, so somebody actually posted on our Rubicon yesterday. Really, and they were like, uh, "This show really." Uh, I forget. If you what like they Rubicon? Said. Send me your social security number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Rubicon Hit Squad is out there. Oh boy, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Are there any other general thoughts that you want to cover before we kind of, I before I ship it off to the next segment? I know. I uh, I agree that I'm I'm. I don't even want to say I'm optimistic for the future because I feel like I know it's going to be good. I feel yeah. like I can't take a position of optimism or pessimism. I just I'm I'm ready for anything. It's a truth, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope it's the, yeah. I hope it's not like a, a hero situation where season one is great and the rest is just like just turds swirling around the bowl. Yeah. I guess that's the thing is that it feels like it could become such a different beast from here on out. That yeah, yeah, we are going to have to be open to anything. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like the, it's kind of futile to try to predict where it's going to go or where you want it to go because the odds are good that. But I'm like I, I'm I'm wrong. kind of okay. Like I none of me is thinking. Oh, how are they going to play with time again? I'm like I don't care if they do that again. I want them to tell a good story about yeah, what's going do, on. Do do whatever works yep. to to help. To help it come to life but you know jonathan and lisa if you're listening and you want to use uh peter weller old weller, <laughs> yeah. as old weller. <laughs> i forgot we used to say that <laughs> peter, old peter weller. weller as as old william older older 
oldest William. Yeah. Uh, please take it, and uh, we will enjoy it. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just so just footnote us as give a story. Yeah, credit. give us a little asterisk in photo the, credit. Yeah. Uh, no, just get us a signed copy of this this exact cover. image. Yeah, yeah. By just James Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one. He, he would totally be like Johnny Cage with like the signed <laughs> headshot. <laughs> I kind of want to track him down at like a fan convention and just get this shot. That I think we should do that. I would, I would, I would wager real money that James Marsden is an awesome dude in real life. Oh, I saw him. He was on Colbert, and he seemed like a really fun guy. Yeah. He was talking about. That's one where I would be, I would be, I would be heartbroken if he was a dickhead. <laughs> if you met him <laughs> and he sucked, like even my greatest film hero, Harrison Ford, I would totally be braced for him to be an asshole to me. Yeah. I'd be like, I get it. Yep. Couldn't accept it with James Marsden. No, no. Couldn't handle it. You also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, characters that we enjoyed, or favorite moments and things like that. Uh, so, so yeah, what, what were you, what were you kind of thinking? Who I was, well, I was when I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking about some some of the arcs and the use the use of an actor to play multiple roles, sort of mm. in the way that uh, El Lazo and Lawrence. Yeah, and it, and it was fun because, <clears throat> excuse me, early in the season. I really liked Lawrence. I thought like Lawrence was a really great character. Yeah. And then it was really fun to watch him kind of turn into the sort of Robin Hood of the old West figure in El Lazo. And I kind of wanted a little bit more of that, but yeah. I thought that they're used the show's use of, of some actors to play almost, almost multiple roles, even though yet kind of not really and over yeah. two different timelines now. Anyway, I think that's great. And characters. I, li- I really liked the shot of him in the finale doing the card trick in the crowd. Did you notice that? I did. Yep. Just walking I, around. Yeah. It's just a beautiful little touch of like. Yeah. Lawrence. I do want to go back to the party scene and see who else might Who's be around. Bro- you know, just kind of ambling around because they're, you know, we, we saw Rebus there. Yeah. Some of these old familiar faces. Yep. Re- Rebus got yeah. shot by, uh, by a guest and yeah. Teddy shot the glass off of his head or mm-hmm. whatever that was. Yeah. Teddy's a character that I think in a way had the most tumultuous like graph if you were gonna like line graph his experience of the show it would just be like it would be insane he started off almost feeling like our protagonist which is really interesting yeah and then he became like punching bag slash you know shooting shooting range target (laughs) for a couple episodes and then he really turned around yeah exactly (laughs) and then he kind of became really integral to the story and it was cool that once william found him he like was like oh yeah teddy what's up i could use you teddy's more important sorry lawrence uh and then teddy kind of becoming you know then dying again and then kind of coming around again and i think that teddy's going to be a real emotional uh anchor for a lot of a lot of the writing and a lot of the a lot of the audience in season two because he seemed pretty mortified at what he was watching. Yes, and whether or not he was horrified at the death of God, a yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame him. Uh, Dolores turning into a murderer was probably pretty horrifying for him because he, and, he and has he's very like old west, you know, blue eyed country boy in 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 his ideology ideology of Doris Dolores and it also harkens <laughs> it also harkens back to the why like that experience yeah. as well oh yeah yep yeah Teddy's definitely kind of programmed to be a, a sweet natured guy yeah and and his his vision of Dolores is the romance cover novel and when yeah. she puts a gun in her hand at all it's kind of like shocking it was it was to William too yeah that's kind of how that's the pedestal that these dudes put her on but I think you know that could also have, have been just like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Like, Teddy, whether or not that 
that doesn't seem like that has pushed Teddy into the maze, so to yeah. speak. Like he, that he has not achieved sentience, but I would love to see that happen. I think he's kind of gotten there. He's at least started remembering things. That is true, as, yeah. as we did see there. So, and, I, and and Ford's yeah, it doesn't necessarily necessarily need to be this watershed moment of suffering, but yeah. the the sum total of all suffering. of your suffering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I think. I think where Teddy went was really satisfying and really fun to watch. Just when I would start to write him off, I was like, ah, he's just like a just a guy they put in the show. Yep. He, he became he, he had some some yeah. purpose. Again. We we remarked that we hoped that he would become more. Yes, pretty pretty early. I think in the first episode because because we could see that he was being <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. murdered continuously. Yeah, exactly. Just a pincushion. Yep, absolutely. I think where the man in black went was very satisfying, and that was the one that was being built up to be a giant letdown. Yeah, I think like we've. Like we've said, it was felt very natural, like a logical progression, and it was fun to watch unfold. Yeah. And obviously Ford. Ford, to me, was the best character of the show. And my my favorite to watch, I thought every time he was on screen, it was pretty electric. And yeah. I knew something really great was happening. Yeah. I was a little let down at times by Maeve. I think looking I wanted back, to, yeah. Maeve was where my patience got spread a little bit thin. And... You can have a show where bullets don't make sense, and for some reason, I'm cool with that. But when you start to, because that, that that's a function of that universe. It, yeah. But when basic human intelligence and reason, character motivations go kind of out the window, it's hard. Out the window, they blast off into space <laughs> <laughs> and fly into a black hole. Like it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I started. The, the Felix Sylvester Mave stuff was really neat at first, and yeah. then I think it just probably went on. It pushes for too long. a little too far. And this show did a great job at staying at 10 episodes. 10 is good. And I know that's kind of the HBO model, and that's yeah. great. And, and Marvel and Netflix need to take note. 13 episodes is too many episodes. Yep. I don't think I've watched a single season of a Marvel show where I didn't say that could have been trimmed down, trimmed yep. down by three episodes. I can't even finish Luke Cage. <laughs> and it's not because it's bad. No. It's it's really fun to watch, but I just don't care. I have mm-hmm. no, I have no real stake in it. Yeah. And it's taken, I'm, I've, I'm done with six or seven of them. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'll ever finish it. Yeah. I will one day, but I mean, I guarantee I'm going to be watching daredevil season three and defenders before I go back and finish Luke Cage. <laughs> Cause it's just, the draw is not there. Yeah. And it's because I know I'm not even halfway done. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. So good on them for the fact that uh, on HBO for that. I, I only was a little bit exhausted from that particular subplot. And I, I was gonna say, I feel like in the end, I'm okay with it all. Yeah, like where she's at and where it took her, and bucking her programming to go and find her child, quote unquote child. Like seeing where it led her, I'm okay with how it all happened. I think the means ended up justifying, or the the ends ended up justifying the means. Yeah, exactly. but it was still a point of of. Uh, of unhappiness and a point of being kind of pulled out of it a little bit in terms of Felix. But I, I made a little bit of peace with that too. I think I like in last episode, I kind of realized that Felix has a little bit of that, uh, young William quality to him of being caught up in needing to help these people who are built to make you enamored by them essentially. Yeah, more more so with Maeve. Even I think it's more justified with Maeve than it is with Dolores. But which is great. Uh, again, great casting. Yeah, Candy Newton is very enchanting. She mm-hmm. always is. She's she's riveting in Rock and Rolla, and and she plays not a similar character, but kind of. She's got some some of the similar qualities. 
So so it's I you know I I think in the long run I'm 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 okay with where it ended I'm happy with where it ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was rough there at times. Dolores and Dolores I have Dolores is funny because she's often quite boring. I think that a lot of the times during the show I would find myself being like Dolores is kind of just dull as dishwater. Like she's very. She's obviously very beautiful and she's got that the way she's dressed and and manicured and and tailored is She's to, supposed to be the farmer's girl. Right, like the girl yeah. next door. And she's she's great for that, but I I kept wondering she, she's uh how does how does the how does William old William put it that she's uh she's market market tested kind of or something like that. That what was that was Hec- what he said to Hector. Says that about yeah. Hector. Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt about Dolores. It was like, you know, young impressionable men were going to walk in here and just be enchanted by her. Yep. And I get that and I see that, but I, I wonder, I'm, I'm kind of left wondering why Dolores is the one, you know what I mean? Why is she the chosen one? Is it because she was the first one to achieve sentience? Like obviously she and Arnold had a very close relationship and there was something in her. So did she even were her, did her effect on, on William and company extend even to her creator? Was she so, is there something about her? There's just that 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 X factor that she has that even. I think you could say that. Like it seemed like from from any indication of all the hysterical people in the church, like she's the one that made it through the maze. Then you know she made all of the right turns in the maze to get towards the center rather than spiral out. Right. To the so end. it just it is at the end of the day it is the quality of of who she is. It's the quality of her character that makes her so special to to arnold and and well, the series and, and we saw arnold personally piece her together and and wake her up like she she was the first is she the first i think so okay i think so like that that's what ashley says in the first episode when what Stubbs says in the first yeah i remember episode him saying she was she she's, was the she's oldest the oldest host. one in the park yeah is what he is, is what he says so it's I wonder. I, so I guess I, you know. I guess that's not concrete evidence, but to me, it seemed like I like to think she wasn't the first. She just is number fifty or something. She came along, but she's the one that, for some reason, against all odds, may, and maybe that's it. But but I think it would be very personal for for Arnold, and as as I think he very much in his discussions with Dolores, I think he very much saw his own son. Like Ford talks about yeah. how he how Arnold was seeking to create something that he was lacking in his life. Something he could something he lost and, and, and yeah. Nurture. Yeah. So, so yeah. That, so Dolores's development. Yeah. Was definitely something he wanted to further yeah. like, like even like a great teacher would a student, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean to suggest because she's like a beautiful young woman that there's anything creepy or sexual about her relationship with Arnold. I think, I think it was like no, a, yeah. a loving relationship. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and and I'm not uh, it's I'm not saying that I'm dissatisfied with Dolores at all or Evan w- Rachel Wood's performance. Like uh, everything about her is is very good and 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 well done. It's just sometimes I kind of was like, See, I I understand Dol- Dolores is at times she's kind of the like like blank slate, kind of the cipher a little bit. Yeah. So she she doesn't have as strong a personality as the others around her. She's kind of the straight man sometimes. Yeah, like with the first indications of personality, we are not the first, but the most indication of personality we get out of her is towards the end of the series mm-hmm. or of the season. And it goes it goes dark. Mm-hmm. It quickly. goes super dark. Yeah. But the um, I think if you were to go back and watch everything through the lens of the fact that Dolores is a host. 
And because we are so, from the first episode, we are programmed to empathize with these hosts and see them as people, essentially. But I think if you were to realize how much she feels as though she is a human, like if you were to walk in as a guest, knowing that all of these people are robots, her interactions with the world and the way that she talks with William, those moments where he's glimpsing supposed consciousness out of her, I think build into that sense of wonder about her. Because I don't think anybody else is on that level. Like nobody else is talking like that in that park. People might be even closer to old Bill of. Yeah, that's true. You know, let's drink to the way lady in the Wyatt shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about that. As, yeah. as, as Reddit brought up. The lady in the Wyatt <laughs> shoes. That's so funny. Yeah. For your consideration. <laughs> Michael Wincott. <laughs> he gave us the answer. He we did. Didn't, we didn't even know. He did. But. Yeah, that's. I yeah. guess that's all that's about. You know, we we've we've documented for the most part how we feel about most of the performances. The only one yeah. that I would classify as straight up bad is board member Charlotte Hale. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think that was just talk. I and I think her introduction. I think she was around episode five or six, mm-hmm. which is right when things took a pause. That's when, that's when uh, we heard that they were like we are putting a halt on production to figure things out. Mm -hmm. So I think because then we get that very brief introduction. We get the scenes with her with size more. They're talking. He doesn't know that she's a board member. And then we finally get introduced to her. And then the next episode, the first episode back from that pause is when she's got the, the naked discussion with Cullen (laughs) that, I think they were just still figuring out where she fits into things. And that I don't like because you know where everyone else fits. Are you referring to the writers? Like they're figuring out where she fits? Yeah. 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 That's that's so obnoxious though. If that is the case, you have like a you have a you have a perfect ten thousand piece puzzle and then you just have a circle that you're trying to figure out where to force it into this puzzle. Well, but and I, there's evidence of it in other places, like with Elsie. Elsie disappears six episodes seven episodes oh in. yeah that i'm like, fine with that though but then like the, it there's evidence of people being shuffled around because they don't know what to do with them sizemore disappears for four episodes and then he comes back later yeah all those things i'm totally cool with because the 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 character feels concrete the moment they walk into the show yeah like i understand it feels like the kind of thing where the actor and the writers would have a, a mini bible and like a pamphlet about who is this person and how why are they with the way they are to help them get into that character but she just is like this just this loose thread that doesn't make sense and just needs to be clipped off yeah yeah i don't i don't disagree with you at all i think that's very true i think she serves a purpose oh yeah the character, she the character does serve a purpose but i think she's probably just miscast or yeah. or misdirected either way because yeah. and, and this this is something that i often think about with actors like anthony hopkins do they need? Do they really need directors? <laughs> do they need to be directed? <laughs> Give them the script and let them do their thing. Yeah, exactly. Like guys like that, you don't hire. You don't hire Pacino with thinking like, oh boy, I'm gonna have to. Sit I'm gonna down. mold him into yeah, what he needs to be. Exactly. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to do that. And I wonder with a lot of these actors, well, to what extent that is. You know. Yeah. And and directors do play. Uh, I mean, duh, they play an important role. But they 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 are important for actors to connect. They are the anchor for the actors. To say you know how 
how do I fit into this into the grand scheme? And TV is a little bit different of an animal because you're getting different directors. Yeah, and a director might only do two days on the show, whereas the actor's been there for the whole season, so they're already comfortable with who their character is. And uh, the Preacher Insider podcast is wonderful for getting some insight into that process. Yep. Because a lot of times the actors can help inform the director or or at least collaborate. And that's kind of yeah, that's kind of where it is, especially the showrunners in more of that. Kind yes, of space. Yes. Jonathan yep. Nolan and Lisa Joy are supposed to be the ones that are kind of helping you as an actor figure out. The directors are just, they're helping are. tell the story visually yes, at that point as well. Yeah. yeah. And some of the episodes of this series are brilliantly directed. I think yeah. the, the, the What Door episode mm-hmm. is just tremendous. Yeah. Is that episode seven? I think so. Somewhere in there. Six is the adversary. Seven is Trump. Trump law. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. The acting, you know, give them. uh, Do do they still have like ensemble awards? Do they do that still? I don't know. I don't think so. Not necessarily for drama shows. I don't think. I guess usually if it wins like best whatever. Everyone runs on stage and just like takes part. Yeah. Like what Birdman wanted. I just couldn't take my eyes off Michael Keaton. I was like, that's all (laughs) all that mattered. Yeah. Him like chewing gum or whatever he was doing (laughs) up on that stage. It was great. Yeah. Michael Keaton would be a wonderful addition to Westworld. (laughs) That'd be pretty good. Old Michael Logan. Ke- Michael Keaton as Delos board member that couldn't make it to the park. <laughs> yeah. You just see him waiting by the train <laughs> with his ticket and his tux. Man, train's running late. With, with like black rimmed sunglasses <laughs> with golden lenses. <laughs> Something unique. Michael Beautiful. Keaton as old Logan would be awesome. Yeah. Michael Keaton is great in anything. Absolutely. Anyway. All right. So is Peter Weller. Yes. All right, so uh, for the last segment of the show, before we sign off, I did get a chance to talk to my friends Anna and Marshall. They are people who were completely uncontaminated by podcasts and other Westworld uh, articles and things like that. So it was fun to get to talk to them to see kind of if they started suspecting things and what they thought of the twists and turns and reveals and stuff like that of the story. So I'm going to throw to that, give it a listen, and then uh, we'll be back to sign off for the rest of the, the season. Hello. Holy shit, Westworld. Jesus, you're loud. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. I'm recording you right now. Oh, Okay. I'm, I don't know if I'll say anything worth value, but Marshall's here too. Okay. Um, so basically, I'm just going to ask you a bunch of different questions. But before that, what how, what did you think of everything? I loved it. That was awesome. It, it did your typical twist, though. Like, oh my God, he's he's a host. You know, it was very typical. But you mean but Bernard? Bernard? Oh my God, he's yeah. a host. Okay. Yeah, that was very, it wasn't that shocking, basically. And like, as soon as it happened, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then, <laughs> and then I started thinking, I was like, well, everybody's probably a host then. It'll, they'll like six cents it, you know? And <laughs> um, no, but the end, the end was really, really good. Anthony Hopkins did a really nice job. Yes, he's fantastic. Did you end up yeah. watching that video that I sent you or no? No, I haven't. I forgot about that. I should do that. I will do that. Yeah, you should you should definitely do that. It's it's just it's a very cool dissection of his acting in yeah. in that scene with him and Teresa at the like chateau thing that they're at. So um yeah, it's it's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was very good, though. I really enjoyed it overall. All right. So you didn't see Bernard coming. No. But you you didn't see it coming, but you weren't that surprised by it. Yeah. What about him being Arnold? How did you feel about that? Did you see that coming at any point? I didn't see it coming, but it made... Again, that was one that was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I think the most shocking surprise for me was the... um, was William because I, I just, because they did such a good job of lining him up and making him seem like they were doing it simultaneously. Yeah. And then Marshall actually realized it before I did. As soon as like, and then he's with Dolores and that, what do, what do you call him at Harris? I don't know. The man in black. The man in black. And he, and he, and he's, and he starts talking to her when she's like all upset and Marshall's like, Oh my God, he's William. I'm like, no, he's not. And then, <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, oh God. <laughs> So that that shocked me the most out of all of them. Okay, uh, so were were you surprised about Ford being on the side of the hosts? No, no, because that that changed for me. At first, he seemed like like an antagonist character at the beginning, mm-hmm. but it shifted probably like halfway through. Can't remember when, but I just started like I was on his side more. It seemed like he was for the hosts. Interesting. More. Yeah, because so I I. I I kind of thought that he was. Uh, I I feel like that is the biggest secret that nobody saw coming was yeah. that he was acting in the interest of the hosts. Um, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't feel like he was a true enemy of the hosts, except for like the beginning. They didn't. They didn't portray him as like as evil as other things. You know. Well, it wasn't so much that he was going to end them or anything like that, but that he didn't like care. That that he basically was like, "This is all mine, and I can control everything." And so to have him kind of turn around and be like, "You know, I want I want you guys to take over the world." Essentially, <laughs> is kind yeah. of what he does. Yeah. Uh, that that was a pretty big surprise. But um, what would you say if I told you that people? people figured out that there were two timelines in episode two. I don't remember what happened in episode two. <laughs> well, it was, what was episode two. What was that about? <laughs> episode two is the introduction to William, essentially. That's the first time that William shows up. Not at Harris, oh, but... Most people are smart. <laughs> so, well, so, and the thing that... The thing that kind of gave it all away was that at one point before the season started, HBO tweeted something and i don't know why maybe they just didn't think people would figure it out but hbo tweeted something along the lines of in westworld even logos deserve a second look or something like that oh well come on well but (laughs) but but but, so that didn't i I feel like that was kind of discovered later because there were people that were basically just like if you look at the on hbo now or hbo go or whatever you're using there's a thumbnail for episode two that shows William talking to Angela, the blonde host that like yeah. brought him into the dressing place. And behind them is a modern Westworld logo. It's got like the two slashes and the W. But then if you watch the episode, behind them is the it's like it's one slash and then like a check mark essentially for like the W. And like anytime you see that W, the the slash with the check mark, you're essentially seeing something either from that time or in that time frame. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> so that was something that like I and people listening to our podcast and Nick and, and everybody 
everybody who was like reading things and listening to things about it, we were all aware of that possibility in episode two. Oh, see, I wasn't. But, yeah, because I, I purposely didn't look up anything about this before I started watching it. Yeah, and I, I, that's, I, you know, there's a lot of um, argument back and forth about whether or not all the speculation stuff ruined the show for some people. Because I think, you know, so I, I'm a pretty spoiler-averse person. You know that I don't watch trailers yeah, in the movie <laughs> theater. So it's like, I understand that there are people out there that don't want to be ruined for anything. But some of it to me is like, if people are just speculating about it, is that necessarily spoiling it? And I don't necessarily feel that way. But If HBO led you to believe that. Yeah, yeah. And and that I guess part of that is like... And there's some argument about whether or not people are realizing showrunners are beginning to realize how intelligent the internet is as a hive mind. Because yeah. if you throw a hundred thousand geeky brains at a problem, then they'll probably figure it out. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the the two at least the two time frames was, or actually, it ended up being three because you see Dolores with Arnold, and that's like thirty five years ago, and then there's. William, which is 30 years ago, and then there's, like, present day. Right. That's kind of... People kind of figured that out in episode two. Um, the thing about Arnold and Bernard, people people were tipped off about Arnold and Bernard when you first see the picture of Ford and his father. Oh, in like, yeah. I think it's, like, episode four. Yeah. Three I or four. Like, yeah. Um, that could even be two. I don't think so. But anyway, people were tipped off about that because it was very weird framing. And like uh, some people were like, well, if it was Arnold, wouldn't we know that? W- wouldn't it be somebody that we like would recognize if he's going to be important or something like that? But but then even like the framing of the shot, you see Ford and his father and then there's like a blank space to the right of them where you eventually see that picture again. And that's where Arnold is standing. True. So, yeah, because his perspective yeah yeah so that that was pretty people people figured that one out pretty early on too making me feel stupid here okay no 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 no. i'm not i'm not saying that you're stupid because i don't like i it it, this is one of those things this is one of those shows where i don't think most people realize that it's operating on that level yeah and there's some people that'll get through this season and never know that too like, if we weren't having this discussion, you wouldn't even necessarily know that you could have been watching extremely closely and maybe figured some of these things out yeah, way ahead true. of time. Yeah, that's true. Which, that's true. I, I don't know that it's... I don't know that that's a better way to watch the show as so much as it's a different way to watch the show. I, and I don't know which one I would personally prefer, but seeing as how I have a podcast about the show, I'm never going to be that <laughs> like on that level of, of being yeah. unaware of it all. But, um, yeah. And then was there anything else that I was thinking that we could maybe discuss? Like, do, do you think, do you think knowing some of those things would have ruined it for you or not? Oh, yeah. I really like the story and I, I like being surprised on like everybody else that tries to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I come up with theories, but it's like, there's no core to them you know i just like oh that would be interesting if that had happened but yeah and you 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 texted me yesterday you were like arnold's still alive he's he's affecting these hosts or programming them in some way i I was there well excuse me i was there too like that was something that i was thinking up until the final episode yeah yeah 
And like, e- like even even though you learn that Bernard is Arnold, you still kind of wonder. Like, part yeah, of me like, was like, yeah. is he doing it without knowing that he's doing it? Yeah, yeah, yep. So, like, I think, I think you were still throwing guesses out there about things because you knew that the the show kind of begs you to theorize about it. It does. Yeah, it does because it's just a lot of unclear endings. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I'm thinking back to, like, the very first episode when everything is, like, super confusing at first, you know, and they made him black, and it's, like, everything's making sense. Yeah. Because he's, like, when he first approaches Dolores, he's, like, oh, we've met before, or something like that, and, you know, I was, like, oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But whatever. Yeah, Yeah. and and even, like, like there's there's just a lot of, detail in the show which is something i'll say i think it definitely rewards a second watch like if you get bored and you want to dive back into it and remember the things that you figure out later on and figure out what lines up with it like i there were times where i was watching this show and i basically would sit down and skim through all of the previous episodes before the new one came out just to kind of look and track these things and see if it all would line up or not yeah. So that was it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of detail to it. But the one other thing that I would say is that I feel as though the show is so good that even though people had stuff figured out, I think it executed it so well that it didn't it wouldn't bother me to have known like that I know these things before they even Yeah. Happen. And it, it, it helps that there was like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of twists rather than one big one, you know? Yeah. The, if you saw it coming, then it ruined the whole thing because maybe some people saw one but didn't figure out the others, you know? Yep. So that really helped as well. But I, yeah, I watched purely for entertainment value and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> good, good. Very well directed and very well acted. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Marshall. <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so much snow on the ground. Marshall's concert got canceled today. That's fun. <laughs> how how many how many inches are you guys at right now? Do you know? We're at a foot. Oh, okay, we're like maybe at four. Um, we're getting there. Where people start acting dumb. Did you see any of the things coming? I suck at that stuff. So. <laughs> but at the same time, I think I like not knowing. I purposely don't think too much into it because I like rolling along with the show. But no, I don't think I saw. I saw it coming. Like I saw a lot of the situations coming, uh, like coming as as uh, they were going to happen. Like yeah. A few like minutes before. before, you know, not like moments, not like before they hit it, but a little bit before they developed it in the show. I kind of, I kind of caught a few things, like the the whole Wyatt thing with with yeah, Dolores. You did call I caught that. that a few episodes early. Um, yeah, that was interesting too. Just the way yeah. that they had kind of filmed that scene, like in four different ways, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah, exactly. I didn't as soon like as he that. pulled out in the blue, as soon as Wyatt, like in the first few episodes, actually came out in the blue, like in his blue uniform, it was lighter blue than the rest of everybody else's uniform. Hmm. It matched the same color Dolores' uh, thing she wears. I'm like, all right, well, that could be something. Um, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. There really wasn't a whole lot though. Like, it kind of, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But it took me for took me for a ride. Good. So, yeah. Well, really 
Wasn't he? He was dressed in blue. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not he's sure got who. he's got an army uniform on, yeah, which is somebody else's. But it's like I don't know. For some reason, in my head, it stuck out to be a different weapon. It could have been like a lighting thing too. I don't know. Like maybe just the way. Maybe he was in more direct light than Teddy was, or something like that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Huh. I hated the Wyatt twist. I thought that was stupid. Why? I don't know. Wyatt. <laughs> it, it seemed like a scapegoat. Like a, well, I mean, I don't know. Because Anthony Hopkins explains it in terms of like, well, it was something that we were working on. And then Arnold ended up using it to have Dolores kill everybody. Then in what time frame did they give that to Teddy? Remember? Well, the... So Teddy might have had a version of it in him 35 years ago. No, no, no. But they, they put him in to be against Wyatt at one point, And I forget when that happened. They did that. Ford did that in modern day. Probably around like episode five or six. Because he's going, he's going, it might even be four. He, he has that woman guest with him. And they're like doing a bunch of like bounties or something like that. Just killing people. And that's when they go out into the woods. You remember? Uh-huh. And they get encountered by Wyatt's dudes who have like the black over their yeah. over their bodies or whatever, like and they have the bones and everything like that. Ford uploaded it to Teddy. There's a scene of him doing it. Yeah, I remember that. So that's kind of that's when they that's not that's not necessarily when they put him he just kind of uses it as backstory to make it so that when, like, Wyatt being part of the new narrative, yeah. you know, yeah. it'll it'll lead Teddy to the right place. Yeah. Essentially. Huh. Makes you think, you know? It's good. It's good. It was good. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll wrap up the recording here and say thank you guys for talking with me. We can still Skype afterwards, too, if you would like to, but. Awesome. <laughs> um, but thank you very much for talking with me. You're welcome. And Thanks for having me. Glad we, we could help. Yeah, I'm glad that I could talk to people that aren't as nerdy as me and don't. It's true. <laughs> don't look into things too much. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I think that's it for season one of Westworld and Westworld FM. Sadly. Yes. We could go on, I'm sure, but. Yeah, we could, but it would any uh, any well tempered. I don't know that we got two years worth. Of needs material. to know when to hang it up. <laughs> so, like Ford, this piano player, or player piano is is coming to its end. It's, uh, yeah, we're, spool, at, we're, at, we're at the end of the spool. We're at the end of the spool, waiting for a new one. So, uh, once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We are also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us at westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Please check them all out at midwestpodcastnetwork.com. And that's it. Thank for you, this season. everyone. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to HBO and everybody involved there at making for making a fantastic show. Yeah, it's been a great time. Yeah. It's uh, been a very fun show to watch and to talk about. And Absolutely. And I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much without... I mean, I think I, think I would have enjoyed it, but I think I, the, 
there's a deeper love and understanding being steeped in it and having a podcast and yeah i think we kind of fell a little bit more into that category of we want to we do want to explore this more and talk about it yeah it it bears it it bears discussion totally certainly. and totally. i think you know that's wonderful keep yeah. uh keep keep at us on social media yeah talk to us about things we got people uh you heard at one point uh jason write us and ask us about arrival we're always watching all kinds of different stuff if you want to hear what we think about other things please let us know uh you can find me personally on twitter john d1703 j-o-n-d-y 1703 nick is also on twitter i don't know what my handle is actually i think it's just nick blauvelt it's just my name yeah that's fine so yeah I, um, i i I reply to well a lot of the Westworld tweets. I end up if someone tweets at us, I I will sometimes hop on and like it as well. Yeah, I so, don't really interact so much with with the Westworld Twitter, but <laughs> I should. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, maybe I'll post a thing that has both of us on it. Oh so yeah, that'd that be people, cool, so that people can follow us in the offhand. Yeah, I will absolutely respond to everything. I love talking about stuff. Yeah, this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, so and so will Alex is obviously really up on. Yeah, I get replying. the I get the Twitter stuff on my watch on my hand. Yeah, so. he just checked his watch mid episode at some point, probably because <laughs> somebody said something. So, so there you go. Uh, yeah. yeah, we love interacting with the, with the community, and we love if you have a show. Also, let us know. Yeah, let us know what we, you're talking about. We we'd love to hear your podcast. As yeah, well. we we started listening to a listener of ours podcast. Yeah, films of every color. Yeah, and it's absolutely terrific. Yeah. Sandy, I haven't I haven't. Uh, haven't heard a new episode lately. Cool. Yeah, it's been a Sandy little while. Sandy, listen to this show. I, I, don't, don't, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Not He's yet, missing anyway. out on this conversation about him right now. Yes. Yes, that's true. We'll have to let him know. Yep. We'll hit him up on Twitter. Yeah. Say, hey, you got to watch 10 episodes of Westworld and listen to 10 episodes <laughs> of our show first because we talked about you at the end of our last episode. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, all signs point to season two being in 2018, and we hope to be back. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.